Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about discipleship. Yes, discipleship. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. As always, you are going to want to take some notes today. Now, when we talk about discipleship, I think this is important because Jesus told us to go and make disciples. So if we're doing everything but what he told us to do, we're not doing anything at all. And I think it's so important, especially now in the time and day in which we live, as I believe that this is the best and the easiest time to be saved. We need more disciples, more people that will follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And when we think about discipleship, it's really denying oneself. It really means to convey the sense of a person disassociating himself from his self-interest to serve a higher purpose. And that's the thing that I think is so important that we understand. Are you willing to deny yourself? It doesn't mean that you just totally come apart or remove yourself from family and friends and different things like that. But you understand purpose and you understand that your purpose is connected to God and connected to the things that he desires for you to do. And whatever you come up with is not going to beat the plan of God for your life. And I think that's so important because when we talk about denying oneself, you know, we get sad and upset and we just don't want to do it. But check this out. When you really love God, think about the relationships that you're in. When you love your kids and your spouse, that shouldn't be a hard thing to do. So if you give up friends and you give up certain things to be with your wife and your kids and people you love, that shouldn't be a hard thing. That's something that you want to do. That's something that you love to do. So serving God and his interests should be something you want to do. So let's not look at this as a hard thing, a bad thing, but it is necessary because you can't really get to your own destiny to fulfill what God's call is on your life unless you really deny and take up that cross daily. There's always going to be somebody or something or something new that's going to want to try to catch your attention. But trust me, man, nothing beats what God has for you. And it takes us a long time to really understand this. Many times we got to bump our head against the wall. Sometimes we got to lose things. We got to lose money, job, career to really understand what God always had for us is better than what we can come up with ourselves. Now, I have about one, two, three, four, five, six 
of these things that I think is important when we understand discipleship. But before I give you this, I want to give you three statements regarding discipleship. And you can write some of these down if you can. But listen intently to what I want to say to you, because I think it's important for us to get the right framework when we're talking about discipleship. Now, number one, it's not automatic. I'm going to say that to you again. It's not automatic. Nothing in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, even in your own natural life is automatic. So when we talk about discipleship, when you get saved, it doesn't mean you're automatically a disciple. That's not what that means because everything in life, it takes time. So you have to understand that, yes, I gave my life to the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. But now it's going to take me my whole life for the word of God to clean me out of all of the bad thinking and the stuff that the world has indoctrinated me with. Things that were wrong in my family dynamic, things that I learned in my mother's house, my father's house, things that I learned in the school. And so the washing of the water of the word helps us to come into mentally what Christ is saying about being a disciple. So it's not automatic. Now, you've been a Christian for a long time, the scripture says, and you ought to be teaching others, but instead, you need someone to teach you. When a person is still living on milk, it shows he isn't very far along in his Christian life. He still is a baby Christian. That scripture is Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 13, the living Bible. I think that's profound because many times we should be teaching people by now. Especially, and I've heard people say, I've been saved for 20 years. I've been saved for 25 years. But what have you been doing in that 25-year period or that 10-year period or that five-year period? The writer of Hebrews is saying, you should by now be teaching people. But instead, you need somebody to still teach you. Now, let me say this. You're going to always need someone in your life to instruct you in the things of God. You should always be sitting at the feet of a teacher or a pastor or a minister or someone who is trusted in the things of God. But that's not a permanent thing. As they are teaching you and you're growing, you should be teaching other people. You should be inspiring people. And so many times we've got a lot of people, they're still living on milk. Imagine a 15-year-old still living on milk. By now, he should be taking a fork and knife and being able to cook his own food and feed his own self. Something is wrong with that if you got a teenager or a grown person still living on milk. And what it says is, is that this person is a baby Christian. They're not a disciple. So that's not the same. That's why I said to you, you can be a Christian and we thank God for that. But that doesn't mean you are a disciple because when you are a disciple, you are disciplined. You are following and you have some responsibility and you have some accountability. So I think that's something that you really need to understand. It's not automatic. So there's going to be something you're going to have to do in terms of you being able to matriculate and come into what the Spirit of the Lord has for your life. Now, number two, it is a process. 
Yes, it's a process. So we know it's not automatic, but it is a process. Notice what the scripture says in Proverbs 8 and 5. The good news says, learn to be mature. I like that. Learn to be mature. Watch this. You can be 40 years old, 45, 50, but that doesn't mean you are mature. See, we think the older we get, the more mature we are, because as a man, you got hair on your face. You know, as a female, your body is developing. But you can't discern maturity just by looking at an outward thing. Because maturity as it relates to the things of God is inward. I know how mature I am based on obedience. How quick can I get the bat off of my shoulder and do what God is telling me to do? If the spirit of the Lord got to stay on you about forgiveness, stay on you about showing love, stay on you about your attitude, stay on you about the things that you should have just crossed over a long time ago, it ought to tell you and show you that this process is taking much longer than what it should. And although it is a process, it shouldn't take you 10, 15 years to come into love, come into forgiveness, showing mercy, treating people right. Something is wrong with a person's development. And so I know that I'm maturing by how quickly I can obey and do what God is telling me to do. Now, the scripture also talks about, I believe in 2 Peter Chapter 3, verse 18, continue to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. That's what we got to do. We got to continue to grow in grace. We got to continue to allow the empowerment of God to help us to grow up in the things of the Lord. So don't beat yourself up when you make a mistake, but you got to grow in grace. May I say this to you? That the longer you continue to stay, in the heart of God and in his presence, you become pliable in his hand. You become mushy and soft so he can shape you and form you and create you and do things with you. Things that are hard and rigid, they crack under any kind of pressure in the master's hands. And so God says, I want to have you in my hand, but let me be able to make you this and make you that without you fighting me and jumping off the potter's wheel because you don't like this or you don't like that. We've got to understand what an honor and a privilege to be chosen by God. What an honor and a privilege to be saved. What an honor and a privilege to be able to carry the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. What an honor and privilege to be able to disciple someone and help them to come into the things that you have come into. And so this process is going to take a lifetime. You know, one thing as a pastor, I lament is that when I first started out, you know, we wanted to send people through a new members class and we do. And, you know, we want to send people through a discipleship class and the discipleship class may be several weeks, maybe it's several months. But when I really take a look at this, you just can't send people through six classes or six months of classes. And then when they come out, boom, magically, they're a disciple. No, that's not true. There's no this, again, is a lifetime appointment. You're going to constantly be in God's class, in his university, in his college. So just because a person goes through a six-week class, now they may 
come into the class not understanding what a disciple is, and then they come out having a greater understanding, but that doesn't make them a disciple just because they come into a class, they come out and they get a certificate. That's not true. So some things that my mentality had to change regarding discipleship. And even when we see the disciples in the Bible, they move from disciples to an apostle, but that doesn't mean that discipleship, you are constantly a disciple. You are constantly having to learn how to sacrifice, how to deny yourself, how to do what the Lord is telling you to do when he's telling you to do it, because we know you have a will and we know all the time that will doesn't want to do the will of God. It doesn't always want to be nice. Come on, let's be honest. We don't always want to be kind. There are times we want to fight our own battles. There are times we don't want to wait for the vengeance of the Lord. We want to take this at our own hands. But when we truly understand that God is for us, when we get this in our mind and in our heart, that the fight is already fixed, that people in our lives are nothing more than bit players. They are actors in us getting to the promised land. They can't stop us. We can stop ourselves from getting there. But no person, place, thing, or idea can stop us unless we do it to ourselves. So we have to realize, man, that this thing has already been pre-programmed, pre-packaged, pre-wired. We just need to get involved in what the Almighty God has already said concerning our life and just let the record play. And when we do that, discipleship is not so hard at all, but our feelings are in the way. How we feel about a thing, how we feel about people, and then maybe how we're processing it. But understand, man, there are no shortcuts to this. You're going to have to walk this out. The scripture says we walk by faith, not run. We walk by faith and not by sight. So you can't just see your way out of a situation. You got to see with the eyes of your heart through the God in you, and he'll show you what you can't see with your own vision, what you can't hear with your own ears. So we have to allow the spirit of God to process us throughout our lifetime. And you'll begin to grow. You'll begin to shed certain ideas and certain things that you've had in your mind seemingly forever. But I'm telling you, you're going to be the better because of it. And then number three, it takes discipline. Obviously, it takes discipline. We look at sports athletes and we marvel at their body and we marvel at their skill set and we marvel how they can come back year after year, how they can just stay with it for 15 years, 18 years, 19 years and still play at a high level. It's because they're disciplined. They know what they do, what they don't want to do so they can do what they want to do. I hope you got that. They do what they don't want to do. I don't want to eat right today. I don't want to work on my skill today. I don't want to work on hitting and running and jumping, but I do what I don't want to do so I can do what I want to do at a high level. And when we discipline ourselves, we take the time, as the scripture says in 1 Timothy 4 and 8, we take the time and the trouble to keep ourselves spiritually fit. Are you taking the time and the trouble? to keep yourself spiritually fit. I know right now there are people that are working out. There are people that are lifting weights. They're running. They're taking the time to stay 
physically fit, but are you taking the time to be spiritually fit? If you're not taking the time and trouble to do it, then you're not a disciple at all. You're still in your flesh. You're still doing your own thing. Everything is about you. But I'm telling you, when you take the time to really get in God's word and get in his presence and help him, God will help you to think the way he does about a situation. You know, there are times I have to ask the Lord, show me what you see. My mentality on this is wrong. It's not right. Show me what I don't see. Help me to understand your thoughts on this. And when I take the time to do that, I'm able to see it his way. And it's nothing like God showing you his way because it shows you how far you are from his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. But that doesn't mean we can't think like him or do what he would do in a situation. So those are the three things that I kind of wanted to say to you. Now I'm going to give you, as I promised, six of these things to help you understand discipleship a little bit more. Number one, mature believers are called disciples. So this is what we want. We want to move in maturity, constant maturity, and mature believers are called disciples. And let me share this with you as well. I don't know if you know this, To be a disciple of Christ, you had to follow him for two and a half, three years while he was on the earth. When he came into his ministry, you had to leave everything and follow him. In other words, you couldn't call off. You couldn't call in sick. You left. You ate with him. You slept where he slept. You were on the mission field when he was on the mission field. So think about that in light of what we call discipleship today. When people will call off, they'll call out, they'll take a break, they'll go on vacation, they'll say, I need this, I need that. But Peter, James, and John, and the rest of them boys, they ain't call off, man. They rock with Jesus wherever he went because you couldn't be a true follower following part-time. There is no such thing as a part-time disciple, just like you can't be married part-time. Say, you know, baby, I'll come home to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but the mother days of the week, I'm just going to be out doing my thing. No, mature believers, when I believe, I follow. As a matter of fact, the only reason why I left to follow is because I understood that I'm not mature as I thought I was. And so them boys was processed, man. And so mature believers are called disciples. Number two, I cannot be a disciple without being disciplined. That's obvious. So what's hindering all of us is this discipline. And so when we are disciplined, again, we do what we don't want to do so we can do what we want to do, and what we need to do for the glory of God. I cannot be a disciple without being disciplined. So I want you to think about that. And don't let this scare you, because I told you, this is a process. So let the Lord process you. So when you become disciplined in certain areas like prayer, like it's time to pray. Now I say, you know what? I'm about to go pray then that shows you that you're a disciple. It's time to give. It's time to sow. It's time to do what I got to do. Whatever it is, in terms of what the Lord is asking you to do, I got to be able to get on it and get to it and shut down things that are hindering me from coming into discipline. Number three, the more disciplined I become, 
God can use me. So away with this misnomer that I can just live any kind of way and God is going to use me. Not so, because God's got to be able to get in contact with me. So if God can't even get in contact with you, if you're so far away from God that he can't even minister to you to tell you what to do today, then how useful can you be? And there are a lot of people that say, yeah, I want to be used by God. And I always ask them, do you pray? Do you talk to God? Can he get to you to get through you what he wants to so you can bless somebody's life? See, we got to be able to be in close proximity for God to be able to use us. The Bible talks about how Elisha washed the hands of Elijah, which means that he was close enough to be able to wash his hands. You can't wash the hands of the Lord and be a servant of God. And so God can use you if you're not where he is. So let's in our own life, let's look to become better in terms of us being willing and obedient and being where God needs us to be so he can use us. Number four, the mark of a disciple is cross-bearing. Remember the scripture talks about taking up your cross and following him. I'm taking it up. I'm not running. I'm not giving it to somebody else. I'm not making excuses. So let's stop making excuses. Think about that, making excuses, meaning that I'm putting something together and I want to try to hand it to the Lord for the reasons why I don't want to do what he said to do. People love to make an excuse. And every time you make an excuse, you are creating an, an idolatrous lifestyle. You're building an idol. God said, hey, this is what I want you to do. And here you go, making an excuse, planning, putting it together. But if we would use more of our mindset and our heart and our will when God is telling us to do something, if we would make a plan and do it, we wouldn't have these excuses. Excuses only come because we're just not ready. We're not willing. And I get it, but we got to grow out of it and grow into what God is saying. We have to take up that cross. Let me tell you something, man. It's the greatest thing in the world when you can say, Lord, I'm going to learn through the power of obedience. And I'm going to learn that I'm stronger in you. I'm going to learn to take you at your word and do what you said. And when you start seeing some results, when you start seeing God be glorified, when you start seeing lives changed and people being helped because you obey God, come on, man, that's a win-win. So I want to encourage you to stay with this. Take up that cross, man, and follow the Lord. Again, the scripture talks about in Luke 14, 27, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. There's no two ways about it. You cannot be. You never will be a disciple of the Lord unless you are willing to take up that cross and follow him. Now, point number five, how often am I to do this? All right, pastor, all right, preacher, you said I need to take up my cross. How often? I've said this before. I'll say it to you again. Daily, not weekly, not monthly, not every other month, every other year, whenever I feel like it. No, this is daily. I got to do it daily. And again, we got to understand this is by God's grace. God's grace is going to help you. God already knows it's difficult to do. 
This is why you need his grace. This is why you need his help. So I'm not doing this alone. So I don't want you to think that you got to do this by yourself. This is not drudgery. This is like, oh no, I just don't want to do this. No, you're not hearing what I'm saying properly. This is not what that means. When we're taking it up daily, God has transformed and revolutionized my heart to the point, man, I want to do it. I may not know how to do it, but I may not even know when to do it. I may not even know if I'm doing it right. But God says, if you just allow my power to work through you and in you and let my grace be upon you, my divine empowerment, watch what I can do with a willing vessel, with a willing servant. You got to do this daily. Notice what the scripture says in Luke chapter 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Something similar to what I said just a moment ago in Luke 14, 27. So we see the same thing here, that if anyone would come after me, if you're going to go after God, he's just got to deny himself. Get self out the way. Stop trying to have self-preservation. See, when you come to God, we give up the eyes for us. I'm in a relationship with God now. So he got me. He got me concerning my finances. He got me concerned about what I wear. He got me concerning gas I need to put in my car, how things are going to work in my family. God said, I got you. If you do what I ask you to do, God says, then I'll make sure your house has what it needs, when it needs it, and plenty of it. Why do you think the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines takes you uh, on their base and then you go through basic training and they feed you and they give you a check so you can send it home and take care of your family. Why do you think they do that? Because they want you to know as long as you work for us, we're going to make sure that your home is taken care of. We're going to give you money. We're going to make sure your kids have an education. We're going to make sure that they have health care because they don't want you thinking about home when you're on the battlefield. And it's the same thing with God. This comes from God, not the army. They didn't come up with this. They stole that from God, man. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. And God says, if you're working for me, I'm going to make sure that your home is taken care of. I'm going to make sure that you have the best. God is the best. The Bible talks about that a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God. You mean tell me he don't got none for me? Come on, y'all. God has everything you will ever need. And so we got to get that into our hearts and in our minds and stop again making excuses. Well, I would, but I'm going to do this and that. God says you're going to be able to do both. It is my grace. Paul tried to get out of it. He said, Lord, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And God was like, Paul, listen, man, my grace is sufficient for you. You got a lot of insufficiencies, Paul, but my grace, my divine empowerment is sufficient for you. And it works best when you're at a weak point. Did you hear that? So if you're weak, that don't matter. God says, that's when my stuff worked the best. When you can't make it, when you feel like you just want to quit and throw in the towel, God says, my grace is going to see you on and move you into a higher level of my dimension and power. And lastly, point number six, what is involved in cross bearing? Here's a question. What is involved in it? Whatever it takes to give Christ first place in my life. That's what it is. So whatever it takes to give Christ first place in my life, that is what is involved in whatever I got to do. 
so that Christ can become first. And can I tell you this again, not to be redundant, if you get out the way and say, Lord, come on in and take first place, I give you the reins. See, the problem is we just are in control. This is difficult for control free. This is difficult for people who want to run it, who want to be a boss. It's going to be hard, man. You got to get out of the driver's seat, get in the passenger seat. Some of y'all just need to get in the back seat, maybe the trunk, and just let God do what he going to do. Let God be true and let every man be a lot. God knows how to take you where he wants to take you. And he'll use the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you there, not you lead him. He said, I'm going to lead you. And we have to learn how to trust. So we have to say, Lord, every day I'm giving you the reins of my heart. I'm learning how to hear you and listen to you because you already got my good. You already got my money. You already got my joy, my peace. You already got my sons and daughters college tuition. You already know how the bills are going to be paid. Lord, just lead me. Lead me to the rock that's higher when I feel like I can't make it. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. When I got tears rolling down my face, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. When I'm confused in my mind and I don't know which way to go and I'm just ready to go off, Lord, lead me to refreshment. Lead me to the honey. Lead me to the oil and the wine. Lead me to your power. Lead me to your strength. And when we understand that being a disciple is an honor and a privilege, we Take the reins and we say, Lord, lead me and I will follow. All right. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this was a blessing to your life. And if it was, as always, send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it now. Do it today. Let me hear from you. I read all the emails. I promise to reply to you. Also, I want you to go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. You'll find there on the homepage, a subscribers box. Put your info in there, your email in there, and I will send you a free PDF and a monthly newsletter to encourage you. Do that now. Do that today. And finally, listen, I'm always looking for financial partners so we can continue to reach people through these podcasts. And if they are a blessing to you, then give. Sow a seed. Scroll down almost to the bottom of that website. You will see a tab there. Click that link and you can give to this ministry and be a blessing. If it's blessing you, no dollar amount is too big or too small. And what you give helps me to further the mission of Christ and do some other things that I've been wanting to do to really help those that's been listening to me. Listen, it is such a blessing to minister the word of the Lord to you. I appreciate everybody who downloads this podcast. I appreciate everybody who is clicking the links. I can see that you are, so I know that I have some listeners. I want you to also send this message to someone. Email them this podcast and let the words of Christ minister to them. I appreciate all of you. Love you so much and praying for you. Understand that all is well. And until next time, be in power. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram, 
at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.